0: Hey guys, it's Miranda. Welcome back to the Almost Grown Podcast. Yeah, I I know it's been a while, but I'm here, I'm back, um, and this is kind of because about a month ago, maybe a little bit more, I saw a friend post a very simple statement on her Snapchat story, and all she said was, Internet activism is a hellscape. But that resonated, That that hit, because... It kind of made me think about all of the unspoken and negative effects that have come from what we call internet activism. As social media became more widely used to discuss serious issues like race in America, there were some non-black people, mostly white people, um, scrambling to kind of like outwoke each other and looking very foolish in the process. I know I've been guilty of it. I know I've seen people do it. But I think the real question is that after a year of this increased support and attention on movements like BLM, have we really been growing as individuals? And more importantly, have we grown as a society? Um, So I initially wanted to do interviews with everyone, like everyone who wanted to talk about it. But I feel like it kind of would have opened the gates to just like a lot of different issues being discussed in a lot of different topics and it's already a very broad subject so as much as i really would have wanted to do that i think i just had to narrow it down and i eventually decided that the most important point of view on this at least to me was that of black teenagers in america because obviously and that's still like yeah a huge pool of people but obviously because um Young people have been the main participants and observers in this movement, at least over the internet. But I was also particularly interested in what black people have noticed about their world and the people around them and if things have changed for them and how things have just changed as a result of this greater exposure to information and perspectives on social media, but also the increased pressure to perform, so to speak. Um, So I I think this is going to end up sort of being like a mini-series, we'll see. Um, But without further ado, here's my friend and returning guest, Cassius.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Cassius Palacio and I'm 17 years old.
2: So yeah, we're kind of talking today a little bit about loosely, obviously, internet activism but also just like stuff that's been coming up in the past year and the way that it's sort of influenced, I mean, everybody's lives, but especially like young people. Um, so my first question for you is just what have you noticed in terms of the way that people our age use social media in the past year?
1: Well, I've noticed that a lot of people have been flocking to social media for entertainment, but when it comes to internet activism, it's so performative in a sense. And It really shows a lot, or can show a little about who you are as a person. Um, For instance, I've unfriended someone who didn't actively participate in internet activism. And um, I'm not going to name names, but it was a friend and she was white. And I was kind of annoyed, you know, We, we were good friends. But when it came to social issues, she was very silent on it. And it bugged me. I was like, how can you be my friend and, you know, not expect to speak up about these things because, you know, while I'm posting stuff about what I feel matters in this world, you're posting beach pics. You're posting, I'm making a cookie with my mom. You know, it's very, it's like a slap in my face. And I just really didn't want that disrespect anymore. It's like my friend, um, he showed me this skill um, and it was for white people. And it was like between a white supremacist and like a white liberator i forgot what the scale is called but i'll research it into you later and pretty much he was like if you like keep posting x y and z then you'll become this person but if you don't post at all you become the white supremacist and whatnot and it kind of sucks in a sense for them because it's like if you're expecting me to post these issues that i may or may not care about then what does that show me as you know a person of character you know or an ally to a person of color? And it, it doesn't sit right with me, you know, but my thing was that he's a close friend to me. so it's like if you're really associated with me, then wouldn't you want to educate yourself about what's happening around my social circles and issues you know? So it's it's on the line of if it truly matters to your friend. Then obviously you want the you want to support them in any way imaginable. And actually, um, for that throughout this interview, I'll be referring to white people as people without color. So it's uh...
2: <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like that's really interesting, and that's really like what I wanted to explore because I know that like while some people have kind of been like involved in um, what we call internet activism other people have felt varying levels of the influence that it has on their own lives. And so I know that like, um, there were a lot of arguments made by people saying like, well, why does it like matter what I put on social media? Like that's not going to change anything. Um, And I think that it's so telling to hear people say things like that, because yes, obviously like maybe you are concerned with the impact that you're going to have. And if if social media really takes up all your time and like you're going and whatever lobbying for some bill to pass, sure. Fantastic. But I think it it is telling of the way that people think that it's, like, their responsibility to post and not actually to be concerned about a cause and to be actively, like, learning about things and um, just trying to, like, educate yourself and other people. And I think that that was, like, a huge point that just some people missed. Um, But I wanted to talk to you about, like just before we get into all that, what do you think different factors were that contributed to the just boom of support and involvement in Black Lives Matter that we saw this summer? You know, obviously after George Floyd was murdered by police officers, um, you know, we saw this big spark, but it was it was calling back to all these things that have happened before with Breonna Taylor and Eric Garner and, you know, all the other horrible things that we saw happen after George Floyd. But why do you think that people with this issue that's been going on literally since our country was founded and even before that, um, like just started stepping up and saying like, oh yeah, that's going on and I'm in support of it. Like speak on that a little bit.
1: Um, It's a trend, you know, It's, it's a hot topic right now. It's what people want to do. And the reason I say it's a trend is because I remember the black square. That was the dumbest idea that anyone could ever think of. You thought that a black square posted on social media hashtag blackout tuesday was going to help black Lives matters movement or other uh, associations that did nothing completely irrelevant like okay you stand but i don't see a donation receipt you know i see nothing there's nothing that you're doing it's just a trend you know and i want people to think of it more than a trend um sometimes you blindly post information you won't even read it and it could not even make sense. And it kind of reminds me of um there's this other thing on TikTok. It was called a super straight movement, which is very homophobic. And what happened was that people didn't know that um super straight was being transphobic. And I was just like, you're out here supporting this. And then the logo was in uh was inspired by like neo-Nazis, which was just out of this world. So People have to think of it as more than a trend. And if you're not, why are you wasting your time sharing these resources that you're not even reading yourself, you know?
2: Definitely. And, like, (laughs) I think that I'm a great example of, like, somebody who... Just, like, you know, like, would I really be the same person in terms of how much I care about social issues if this pandemic hadn't happened? If I hadn't been exposed to, like, people of color, but specifically Black people having this larger platform on social media... Um, and I like completely guilty of the black square blackout Tuesday thing. And then also the thing where people like started posting, they were like, um, mm -hmm, so I understand that, uh, that post was kind of dumb. So I'm going to like revise it. And like, I did that too. And I was just looking at my Instagram the other day. I was like, girl, you really had your priorities out of order. Uh, and, but I think that like that whole thing, like you were talking about, it speaks to the level of, I think like pressure that non-black people started to feel you know whether or not it was coming from like a good place it just be started to become this pressure of like oh my god am i doing this right and everybody just forgets to think about like it's not like are you doing it right it's like are you really making an effort to learn and things like that and i think we're all young so obviously there's just always going to be a level of okay i learned this from this but um yeah like talk to me a little bit about how you think why do people suddenly feel this pressure to um, like look like they care at the very least on social media and use their social media as more of a platform to express their ideas and their values.
1: Well, first I want to comment on um, the blackout. I just wanted to say that like, that's really good that you are able to notice that that was wrong, you know, you know, correct yourself. And I think it's more of like a, I learned this in AP psychology and it's called social grouping, but pretty much people are like, if they're leaning this way, I'm going to lean with this way so I don't get left out the loop. And then there are tremendous effects if you get left out the loop. If you're left out the loop, you probably don't care. These are things that people will assume. You don't care. You really don't want to make the time to you know invest in this topic. Or you have other issues that you're attending to, but this issue isn't a priority to you right now because you're not of that certain race or culture in a sense. And, you know, that's probably true. I know you as an Asian woman, you probably have more priority for your rights. You know, as an Asian woman, I've seen what's been happening so far and that sucks. It really sucks. And it, as a person of color in America, you know, you're, we always have to support something. You know, why can't it just be peaceful? There'll never be peace in this country until we figure out some way to work together efficiently and we're all listening to each other. So, If people just get out of this mindset that if my friend is doing it, I have to do it. Maybe we can all, you know, sort of learn from each other in a sense and educate ourselves. We have the resources. The internet is right there. Do it yourself. And if you can't do it yourself, there are pages that'll do it for you. And you can read those tiny summaries every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you're talking about, like, right, like people of different groups. Like we've all, you know, everybody who's a person of color in America has, you know, faced the effects of like some kind of marginalization, whether or not you're queer or black or Asian or Hispanic or anything like that. But um, I do think it's interesting because like, I went to, I went to two like rally protest things um, for like stop AAPI hate. um, And it was so interesting seeing the difference between two of them because one was pretty small one. in I think like corner park, but it, um, I like I hadn't seen a lot of flyers for it. My mom actually told me about it and she brought me there because a couple of her coworkers went there. Um, it was just like so on point. Every speaker was hitting um, a point that like the other ones had not, but it was all just so complimentary. And it was like everything they were saying, all of it was moving and all of it was very like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. And like, oh, that's completely true. And uh, one of the biggest things that stood out to me was not necessarily the way that they um advocate for like checking in or like reading up on history about hate against Asian Americans, but it was absolutely just like the you you can't forget intersectionality in these movements. You can't forget that um if we start asking for more law enforcement that that directly hurts black and brown communities like a hundred percent and she mentioned that and I immediately just thought of like all of the all of the older Asians in my life and to some extent like all of the older Latinos that I have in my family that are like pretty conservative. And I know that when I bring up equality issues, you know, first and foremost, they'll be like, yeah, white people suck. But then they'll also be mad racist to like every other minority group because they're old people, you know, like they're just it, they've been presented with this totem pole by white people who control everything and they've said like whoever can get to the top first doesn't have to worry about being oppressed for a little while and it's just like it's fucked but yeah and then the second rally that i went to there were tons of people with like we want more law enforcement signs and i was like what the fuck guys like and i just think it's not you know it's not a, a super present conversation because like you said like everybody kind of just has something else on their mind and it's okay because you know the, the human brain doesn't have that much capacity to constantly be considering everything but i think that that really is the magic that comes from um hearing other people sort of voice their opinions on these things because we don't all have to agree 100 percent of the time and you don't to be a good person you don't have to always know the right thing to do you just have to be willing to like listen to people and so when i heard her talking about this whole like like but you can't forget intersectionality you can't keep asking for more law enforcement because one they haven't done shit for us Um, And two, you know, they directly hurt the other communities of color that we're supposed to be standing with. And so I think that it's just kind of like, you're so right. And and connecting it back to like the social media stuff. I think that that has been one of the number one, um, like benefits of it, at least for me, is just always being able to like hear somebody else's opinion on something. And because there's always something that you haven't thought about. And it doesn't mean that you're like unintelligent or you don't care. It's just like we all obviously have different perspectives on these things and it can be so helpful to just kind of like open your mind. So yeah, I like I didn't mean to
1: like Oh uh, no, you're for fine. So like long. I completely agree with you. Um I believe yesterday I was in the Chinatown uh, area or district and I was just so happy to see like these long lines of like people waiting to get into these restaurants, you know. Eat and socialize, and just supporting Asian businesses. And the same goes for when I was um, over in Bronzeville and Hyde Park, supporting those Black businesses because it's like, okay, you know, I've I've learned what's going on. You know, I'm gonna just try and support the best way possible. So I'm gonna give you know some of my money to these businesses. that area and I'm just going to make sure that whatever they can do they can reinvest that money in their own way so that they can support themselves while I'm also supporting them and so you know I don't have money to just donate like that but I do know I have money to I have money to eat I have money to enjoy these activities hosted by uh, those people so it's like how can I be a responsible teenager when I don't really have a lot financially wise you know
2: yeah definitely I completely agree that's a great I guess not like a tip but just you know kind of like when you're thinking like what can I do well yeah you have money in your budget to like go out and eat or whatever so just think about where you're going out to eat or like think about where you're buying something from Um, yeah my my other question was do you think that like this increased I'll call it pressure because like that's what it is and pressure can be good this sort of like increased pressure to be socially aware and to kind of demonstrate it to a certain extent is ultimately like more um, beneficial to like long-term change in like the way people think and act and things like that. Or do you think it's sort of, yeah, tell me.
1: Well, um, I think it's like a polarized peer pressure, you know, you have some friends are pushing against this and you're like, okay, well I'm going to push against that. And you have some friends like pushing for this change and they're like, okay, let's all push for it, you know? So I think it's good sometimes, but other times, you know, there's always a positive and negative. There's a pro and con. So at the end of the day, you know, it's just trying to get, trying to inform more people and help them retain their education of what's going on so that when they tell their friends and family, when they disagree against them, they can be like, um, mm-mm, let's stop right here. Let's talk about it. Or I can send you some resources your way, you know. And I have this perfect example. So uh, my other friend, he was like, oh, um, I'm not really celebrating Black History Month because there's so much bad stuff and I really don't want those negative feelings. I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's stop right there, you know. Here's some resources. I got a long list for you. We can talk about this all night. I can educate you. And then we can go back to being buddy-buddy again because I will not stand for that. It's disrespectful. And it's like, when you tell me that you don't want to learn about Black History Month or Black History in general, because there's so much bad stuff. Let's think about how we revolutionized this country, how, you know, we're still going to talk about the nitty gritty, because we're going to talk about it all. Because come on, now you could do better.
2: Yeah, I think that there was there was this kind of realization for people that like, you're, you're always going to be exposed to like, obviously different opinions on the internet and um white people are so afraid of being told that they've done something racist when in reality being a white person or being white adjacent or being white passing right we all like live off of the fruits of racism anyway you know that's just the way that the system is like it's fucked up and i saw this post once and it was basically it was like calling out white people like look Just by like existing to some extent, you're racist. Maybe like not in a hateful sense, but you are. And I think that a big part of that is just like people have to be more willing to accept that. Like, yes, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Like that kid was saying, like, yeah, it's really uncomfortable to learn about, and that's why it isn't taught in school because like, oh, we're just going to gloss over it. Like, no, you don't. You don't have any personal growth that way. You don't have any societal growth that way. And so coming back to what I was going to say, like, I think that there was a sort of big realization that people were like, oh, solving racism isn't going to be easy. (laughs) Like a lot of people were like, wait a minute. Um, And yeah, I think that it's just accepting like, yes, sometimes mentally, emotionally, it can be a little taxing to learn constantly about how horrible things are but look at it this way. Like it's your responsibility to learn about these things and to kind of shoulder some of that pain because it it has to be a community effort. Right. Like,
1: right. Right. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Like accept your white privilege and move on. I, that's what I need you to do. I need you to accept your white privilege. I need you to educate yourself and move on. And you're going to be socially aware You're going to be aware of everything now, and you're going to understand the actions that you took, you know, they mean something. Everything you do means something, you know? And not to say that, you know, you have to post everything, but what you do need, you need to understand and you need to support, if possible, communities in this country that are not you, people of color that do not have people without color privilege, in a sense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also like people get really stuck in saying like, well, what
0: can I do now? Like I posted and like, do I have to post every day for
2: the rest of my life? It's like, no, that doesn't do shit. Um, <laughs> Don't. But, uh, and also in a sense that becomes very performative when people get like really comfortable being like, well, I'm just going to post a petition every day. Like, yes, petitions do things. Petitions are fantastic. Sign them when you can, share them when you can. But um, I think that like, again, another really big realization for white people and also just non-black people in general, because like I said before, other marginalized groups of people can be really racist towards everyone else. So, um, It's just kind of like having those conversations with people in your family, especially the ones that you've been avoiding having like, and that's one of those things that I think people find very dissatisfying and very confusing, because they're like, how do I share that on the internet? (laughs) Like, how do I tell everyone that I just had a conversation with my grandpa? Like, don't. (laughs) That's the whole point. It's not glamorous. Like, that's kind of what I meant by I think people started to realize at a certain point, like, oh, Literally. well, you know when we fix these problems, nobody gets a cookie for it, right? like
1: right, like you don't have to share every moment. It's not like I'm asking you to breathe and live stream it, you know I'm just asking you to educate yourself, my friend he's he's Russian, right, and he thinks that because he grew up low income. And that his parents struggle, you know, the immigrant success stories and whatnot, that he doesn't have white privilege. Uh, him and I, we debate, like, all the time. And I'm like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it's sometimes he's like, I don't care, I don't care. And I'm like, why am I even here sometimes? And sometimes, um, as a person of color, this goes out for all people. Sometimes you feel like it's your responsibility to educate these people because you want them to understand you better, you know? And at the end of the day, if they don't understand you, I need you to give them a couple of links and move on. I need you to get some new friends, make a new acquaintance, new boyfriend, girlfriend. I need you to go because obviously if they're not getting it now, they're not going to understand it later until you give a little space. I don't even know if I answered your question.
2: No, we went like we went so far off track, but this is all so good because it's like, well, like one, right? as somebody who talks all the fucking time, I think one of the bigger lessons I needed to learn was, like, step back sometimes and listen to people, especially people of color and especially Black people. Like, sometimes it is just your responsibility to, like, listen and take notes. Um, So, yeah, I just, like, the more that you go off topic, if you want, just, like, say your piece. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I think that it's sometimes just, like, friendships, you know, in any way, but, like, race is an uncomfortable thing, and I think it makes people act so shitty sometimes, or sometimes better, who knows, but, yeah, it's just, like, when you're having these conversations, don't kill yourself to make another person, like, the person you want them to be, ultimately, it sucks to lose a friend, it sucks to realize that your friend um, doesn't care about the same things that you do, but, ultimately, it's, like, well, what are you gonna do with that friendship, you know, if they don't care about you, if they don't care about the things that you think are really, really important, um, let alone, like, your safety, it's kind of just like don't stick around to see what happens
1: right it won't right and like actually this goes back to one of our other conversations but I think a beautiful way of intersectionality was within my Spanish restaurant Society group as we were talking our group president she moved on to talking about like Afro-Latinos and I was like oh my god like that is so huge to me because I'm Afro-Latino and I'm like Wow, I was like, she listened to me and she listened to other group members as well. I was like, this is really big because, you know, usually in the Spanish National Society, it's mainly for like Latinos, you know, but, you know, it made me feel more special within that group. And that's one way, like, that's a good inclusion, you know, it doesn't always have to be like that. But like the way how she did it, you know, it was just a beautiful immersion. Another thing, there's a lot of confirmation bias when going against people of color or the strategies or the or just in general like the message you're like what about this guy he killed x y and z he's black he's tall he's big you know what about him you have to move past that confirmation bias you know you don't know the whole story or you're refusing to read the whole story you just want to post what you think is right you need to understand It's not a game, it's not a competition. This is stuff that is happening to people. So me, you, we can all be guilty of something that's racially motivated in a sense, you know, micro and macro aggression, period. You need to understand, at the end of the day, you need to understand what's going on in this world. Educate yourself. The way I'm preaching this is because it's so essential. Educate yourself without confirmation bias. You need to educate yourself holistically. Educate yourself as if this was a passage on a standardized test and you needed the correct answers you need to educate yourself so much so that you can get it through your head that what is going on in this uh, in this country is not okay at
2: all okay that's it (laughs) that was that was just beautiful listen to Cassius (laughs) goodbye have a good day um but yeah just like shit um and I think that like what you're saying about educating yourself is just so important because people are so not used to the idea that like they have to educate themselves outside of what they've learned at school and we like we're all we all know that school is really not cutting it right now (laughs) like school is really not teaching us everything we need to know um and so it's just like, yeah, 100%. Everybody list, listen to Cassius. Go and read some
0: shit.
1: <laughs> you have a phone. Yeah, you have best. the resources. <laughs> it's so true, Bessie. So true. Like, you literally. have the resources. It's right there. It's
0: exactly.
1: I know that phone can do more than just Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, Discord. Educate yourself. Come on now. Let's, let's all educate ourselves, you know. Educate real. and understand.
2: For real. Everybody's and hopefully like, inspire Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. Let's take our let's take our baby steps. Some of these people are we're not cut out to inspire. But <laughs> no. no. Um, but yeah, and I yeah, yeah, I don't know. Period. Yeah. So do what Cash says, schedule 10 minutes in your day every day to go and like watch a YouTube video, listen to a podcast, write, you know, read some literature by a Black person, about the Black experience, look at some statistics if you want, I guess, and just realize, like, shit's fucked right now. And then from there, you can figure out, you know, how you want to how you want to help. Um, but yeah.
1: Right. Like, um, and this goes for everything, not just racial issues. Like, this goes for everything. 100%. You can, that's cool, you mastered, you know, not mastered, but you have a clear understanding of what's going on. Like, okay, go research something else. You know, you need to be informed about this country. And it's way beyond if you're Democrat, left-leaning or right-leaning. It doesn't matter. Those are polarization techniques. Go educate yourself.
2: Yes. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people, like, now that we're coming up to, like, the one-year mark of everyone really starting to get, like, involved, active. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of looking at the future and saying, like, all right, is this going to stick? And, like, you were saying, like, is this a trend? What are your expectations for the future? And then kind of, like, what are your hopes for the future in terms of how this is going to impact, like, long-term? Well,
1: my expectations, it's just that everyone understands that I, a Black man, I'm walking into this campus getting the same education as you probably different majors and whatnot. Don't call me out of my name. You know, I think you pretty much understand what's going on. And if you don't, there are some resources online that can help you. And if you feel reluctant to not look at those resources, I mean you to go somewhere else, you know? What I hope for, I guess like a lot of other Americans, um equality, I, I reparations And be proactive about it, if possible. No, not if possible, just be proactive about it.
2: Yes, perfect, amazing. And also, like, I know that we were kind of like, you know, reparations, like, what an idea. But um, Evanston is actually, this is super exciting news. Evanston is going to be the first city in the US, I'm sure you already know about this, that is going to offer uh, reparations to its Black citizens, which is, like, amazing, you know? It's something that I think, like, and there have been a couple of things like this, but it's something that people have said for such a long time, like that's never going to happen. Um, but it's just, it's incredible. And I want to know, like, is that kind of inspiring? Is that like, does that make you feel like maybe something's happening?
1: <laughs> um, It was cute. You know, I saw how much they were getting. It's not enough, but it's a start. You know, it's going to take a lot more it's reparations financially, Reparations, socially, reparations, emotionally, it's going to take a lot. So, Evanston, I'm very happy for those residents. Um, I wish they got more because I believe it's like $400,000 or something like that for 400 years and counting of trauma. Come on now. You did try your best though, but I need you to try harder.
2: Yes. I just like, I don't know. I think I agree with you. We have a long way to go. But, um, but yeah, well, that's pretty much the end of my questions. We really, we really covered a lot of ground. Um, <laughs> but is there anything that you want to like, You want to say, you want to close out with?
1: Um, well, I'm really excited that I'm a returning guest on this beautiful podcast. And my closing thoughts and statement is that um, I, Cassius Palacio, I need you to go educate yourself and be socially aware and proactive about the things that you're doing and things that need to be done in this country so that you can make sure that other people are comfortable around you and what you do. Everything has cause and effect. And you're not the only one in the universe that is experiencing these things. And I'm going to USC.
2: <laughs> Amen. Cassius Palacio, everybody. USC student next year in the architecture program. Uh, look at him. Oh my,
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God.
2: Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, but yeah thank you so much i literally love having you on because you just always you always have something to say you always have insights to share with us
0: okay the rest of that is literally just me and cash as being like idiots and us just like praising each other but what he said go read something i'll leave it there because he said it perfectly um yeah listen to him. As for more episodes coming out in this series, they're definitely, definitely going to be out. They're definitely going to be out soon. I don't exactly know when. I get a little bit busy, but I promise they'll be out soon. And if you're interested in coming on the show to talk to me about this, um, always feel free to contact me. My email is (laughs) M-I-R-A-N-D-A-Z-A-N-C-A- 26 at gmail.com mirandazanka26 at gmail.com please don't make me regret giving that information away but i do really want to talk to anybody who doesn't have like my snapchat or phone number if you're interested in it um but yeah thanks again to cassius for talking to me and thank you for listening and take care you guys